0: Well, well, well. It isn't your boy with another episode of Blue Mafia baby. Well, if you're a fan of the Bills, you're a fan of football, you're a fan of quarterbacking, you're in the right place. It's Blue Mafia, Bill's lovers everywhere united. We're back. Camp tomorrow morning. If you're a Bills fan, you're probably thinking, you know, this is the beginning of I've seen it around town on the digitals. Is this the year we're going to do it? We're going to do it right here in the Elmwood Village. It's not time. We're going to get this out. We'll have it to you Sunday, the day camp begins. And it's going to be an exciting one, new veterans tales of old. Legends that never die. New stories will unfold. It will be a beautiful, beautiful year. People will go down. People will go down in history. People will fall off the wagon. People will hop back on the wagon. And that's just being a Bills fan. All of those things will also happen on the Bills roster throughout camp. As you know, if you're a football fan, fanatic, or if you were ever on a team, you know how crazy camp can be. Summer football camp is survival of the fittest, and even though the game has changed a little bit, a lot less contact, you see those bonnets on their heads protecting uh, guys from CTE and extra extra collisions throughout practice. We're going to look at five big things that I'm looking at coming into camp. Hopefully you were caught up to speed last week on my introductory thoughts. But we're going to talk a little bit of running backs, tight ends, cornerbacks, O-line. And then we're going to wrap it up with whose team is this? And then in part two, we did the quarterback shuffle last week. Five uh, new quarterbacks, new faces, new places. Go back and check that out. This week... On the second part, I'm going to do surprise breakouts. Some young guys, some rookies, some skill guys. Just some guys that I think are going to definitely pan out. And whether you're a fantasy person or you just like athletes, I think you'll like that. So I'll do it my way. My way or the highway. Thanks for listening, guys. Stick around. The Buffalo Bills are obviously embarking on a Super Bowl or bust type of year, and if you are following along with me, you know that I'm a believer, but also I do want to put something on the record, and that is this team has reached a new bar. The bar was set, the bar continues to move up, and as the quarterback, the defense, the roster, the continuity of the staff, as that stuff continues to gel, the bar continues to rise. And despite eight to ten roster spots belonging to New York Giants and following uh, Brian Dable and Joe Schoen, this Bills roster is built to spill blood. And one of the most competitive rooms in the locker room or should I say the dormitory for training camp is the running backs room. Obviously Singletary, probably a lock but I'm looking through some of the articles. I'm looking through some of uh, John Scott had an article about who he thought was going to be cut down to the final 53 and I agreed with a lot of the stuff he had on there especially the uh, wide receivers which we'll actually get to but running backs he had Tywan Jones in there and he had Duke Johnson out and Blackshear Virginia Tech draft pick out For some reason, I want to see Blackshear. I want to see what he's got. I like his tape. I like the way that he was, I mean, he was a pretty paramount feature player as a hokey Virginia Tech. And Duke, pretty serviceable player. Good veteran, good guy, seemingly. It's all about gel. Do they gel? Who gels? Who gels with Josh? Who gels with Diggs? Who gels with Gabe? Who gels with Knox? And one guy, obviously, who shakes everything up. James Cook. Now, obviously people are going to get to see this guy pretty soon. But if you haven't checked out the film, you have to go You know, check it out. Younger brother of Dalvin Cook, guy who lights up the scoreboard, does get hurt a lot, Dalvin Cook, that is. But James Cook, you have to think as a younger brother, hopefully he doesn't, you know, take this opportunity lightly and hopefully he doesn't not enjoy Western New York Hopefully he does enjoy being in Buffalo at least a little bit, because this team seems to be pretty fun to play for. Uh, You know, you get to play with some of the most important players uh, on the planet, and Josh Allen and Von Miller. But I'm going to be looking at how the draft pick of James Cook impacts Zach Moss. Does Zach Moss come in as a frisky, old veteran picking on the young guys, feeling safe, not taking care of the ball? Or does he come in as a nice, quick, trim version of what we saw of him at Utah? Moss has had a up and down slippery slope career heights of Travis Henry like proportion and then just becoming an afterthought and a late scratch even on some people's fantasy teams as like a flex and then not even in the lineup So we'll be interested to see how James Cook looks, but also how he impacts the inspiration and motivation of Zemo, Zach Moss. Number four, most important thing I'm looking at heading into Sunday morning training camp. OJ Howard. What has this guy got left in the tank? Huge body huge catch radius hasn't done an extreme amount as far as production goes in his time in the NFL had quite a bit of opportunity in Tampa Bay how does his career shift as he enters the process here in western New York can OJ Howard become a important piece of this offense big targets Seemed to work out well for 17. Playing basketball out here in the red zone with OJ and Knox. And I'm just really interested to see how Allen and OJ mesh. Number three. Cornerback depth. There's sort of a theme here, if you notice. These are all probably our biggest weaknesses as we enter 2022, and that is running back slash running game slash running back production, backup tight end, tight end production, cornerback depth. That's something I want to see. I want to see if anybody steps up. I want to see if anybody new kind of elevates their game. But ultimately, the only sort of weak spot is linebacker and cornerback depth. So I'll be looking at that. And number four, definitely going to be looking at the O-line. Uh, sort of an identity crisis the last few years. Um, Never really getting into a position where they can... Push a team around the chessboard the way that they need to. And they have always needed Seventeen to make plays on his own. And although the way that that identity does seem to work well in tough moments when things break down, ultimately, as you've heard me say, we need this quarterback and this offense to take another step offensively as an executionary offense. Executionary. The way that the best years of Brady didn't need to look sexy every single time but also made defenses quiver had cornerbacks knees knocking had defensive linemen calling for subs so many shifts so many packages so many just different decks to play we need Allen to continue to develop cerebrally we need the offensive line to continue to develop an identity as one as a unit What is this Bills Offensive Line's identity going to be? Is it going to be just a shuffling deck of cards, or is it going to be a powerful force? And then the number one thing I'm looking at, if we look at James Cook and Moss, how that sort of competition is hopefully going to bring the best out of both when we look at OJ Howard and how he's going to impact the offense looking at cornerback depth behind guys like Trey White Dane Jackson and then the O-line what is that identity going to be number one thing I'm really looking at is whose team is this is it Josh Allen's team is it Von Miller's team is it Sean McDermott's team? Is it Stefan Digg's team? Whose team is this? Can all of these guys work together to put it in the fucking basket? That's what I'm going to be looking at is egos, a lot of big egos. Sometimes the only thing that can hurt teams like this are big egos. And I look at guys like Dorsey and Chad Hall and Leslie Frazier as glue guys. Glue guys. Glue guys that keep the staff, keep the nucleus moving, churning as one. Down the track towards the Lombardi Trophy. So those are my five things I'm looking at in the camp. What are you looking at? Let me know. Tweet me at Jar Seven Reg. Um I really do believe that this team needs to protect the quarterback. And I'm not gonna get my hopes up. I'm gonna enjoy the year, but ultimately there's more to protecting the quarterback than scoring points. There's more to protecting the quarterback than pass protection there's scheme there's fit there's a lot of depth on this team we didn't even get to the receivers we're going to do that later we'll get a quick look at some of the guys we know that we're excited about Khalil Shakir though Um, I think that he's going to be a really big big help and we know that I like Tavon Austin and those two guys I really want to see make the team. But we'll break down the rest of the receivers maybe next week. Um, we'll let you guys get some looks and see what you think of the receivers. So then then we will have uh, some tape. So we'll see you on the other side. rover red rover i call blue mafia over it's part two thanks for sticking around surprise breakouts around the nfl we usually do implications top five quarterback matchups of the week and breakdown preview but as we're so early in the year we're gonna do some surprise breakout predictions so i got five for you and then i got a couple bonuses for you also but coming in at number five surprise breakouts the dog Zach Wilson the kid's got spark he's got snap in his ball he's got a lot of awareness he's sort of like a point guard out there even though he's not a big guy he's got all the athleticism and sight lines that you need at the quarterback position and I really do unfortunately as a Bills fan like what the Jets are doing From a personnel standpoint, bringing in a lot of skill guys around Wilson. They drafted well. They had high draft picks. They got that uh, guy from uh, Oregon, the pass rusher, and also Garrett Wilson, wide receiver. I really think that he's going to be obviously good, and there's going to be a lot of receivers coming into this game as the game has evolved into sort of a basketball on grass seven on seven type activity even at the highest level with the fastest athletes in the world Um, I just think that Zach Wilson does have somewhat of a breakout year it's just a game that is sort of catered to a guy like Zach Wilson now I Think if Zach Wilson came into the league In 1994 Maybe not But this game is different You can't really hit the quarterback They like faces And He's pretty good PR For New York City Number 4 I got Tua Tuggy Tua Tuggy Viola Tua Tuggy Tuggy He's just so weird He just I just don't understand how everybody keeps talking about this guy's personality. It's like, I get it. He's a good guy. Tua Tuggeviola seems like a good guy. We get it. But the reason why I have Tua Tuggy. Tuggy. He sounds like a guy that is just like, come on, man. Let's go for a surf. Tuggy. Tua Tuggy. You've heard me say this before, but Tua Toga Viola's father allegedly made him throw left-handed so that he would be more unique. That's not the reason why he's on the list. The list reasoning is Mike McDaniel, the analytics bug-eyed crazy genius from San Francisco that comes into Miami and brings along several weapons and I've always had a great respect for Devontae Parker but Jalen Waddell I had him last year in fantasy he turned out to be an outstanding weapon and I think he's going to continue to only become better he is a football player Jalen Waddell he's not a surprise breakout for me but maybe for for you he may be um and Tyree Kill is only gonna open up Jalen Waddle even more, so expect big big things from Tua Tuggy. Number three on my list of surprise breakouts ahead of camp, Amon Ra, St. Brown, another guy, your guy Jer, right here. Always three years too early on fantasy sleeper wide receivers. Nowadays, wide receivers impact the game almost immediately, so it's never really that big of a surprise to see some of these athletes start to ball out once they get into a good fit with a good quarterback and a good role. But I'm in Ross St. Brown on a weird, fighty, cagey, uh, Metallica Detroit Lions team last year with Jared Goff. Driving in an old Ford, really souped up vintage Ford across the lawn. Jared Goff, I think, will have a better year this year after sort of settling down. And I don't think Goff is bad. We've seen Goff ball out before. He can make the throws, he's just sort of like a lamb. He, he can't get hit. But Amon Ross St. Brown is an outstanding player. USC big family of of NFL caliber athletes and he had like 90 catches for like 900 yards last year but I really think that he's going to continue to blossom and eventually he'll probably end up on a bigger market better team but also watching Jameson Williams um you know him uh Alabama but Incredible, incredible athlete. Jameson Williams, keep your eye on him. Possible breakout star, but might, you know, take him a little bit to get back into the swing of things. But who knows with these young guys, ACLs, they end up coming right back like it never happened. And then number two, the two guys that I thought the Bills might take a crack at uh, Kenneth Walker and Breeze Hall. Both of those guys, I really... You know, the Jets, obviously, I mentioned Zach Wilson. I think that Brees Hall will be a big help in New York. And Kenneth Walker out in Seattle, you know, they have two quarterbacks making $3 million in Geno Smith and Drew Locke. But Kenneth Walker... Regardless of which of those quarterbacks are gonna be in the game, Kenneth Walker's gonna catch some passes and he's gonna catch some dumpers and screens and he's gonna have about, you know, fifteen to twenty catches or touches a game, I think. And Brees Hall, I think he thought he was coming to Buffalo, and I think he's gonna have a grudge. So watch out for Brees Hall. And number one did not make the quarterback shuffle last week when I mentioned Money Mitch and his potential opportunity, but Tiny Hands, Cabbage Patch, Kenny Pickett. Who knows? Who knows with Kenny Pickett? Would he be a Josh Rosen or would he be a Tom Brady type guy? I don't know. I can't tell because... When you watch the tape, he does some things that look really good. He does some really, really nice things on tape. But then, what's going to happen when he takes an NFL sack? That's the stuff that makes quarterbacks truly, truly different. Is what do you do after you get sacked? Do you bitch at your line? Do you bitch at the ref? Do you get up and talk smack in the guy's face? Do you just get up and go back to the huddle? Do you wait for someone to help you up? We're all about that body language here. What's Kenny Pickett going to do when he takes that first sack? Those are the five things I'm thinking about, but quick shout-out. So many receivers to mention, they didn't make the list, but Sky Moore, Kansas City, he's going to (laughs) be... I mean, he's super, super fast. You know he's going to be impactful in Kansas City with with uh, Tyreek out of there. Obviously, Traylon Burks, if you haven't heard of him, check out the tape. Absolute monster. He's sort of like another Greg Russo-type athlete, just a jolly green giant tumbling through the woods. Um, Christian Watson, small, small ball, small-town ball, uh, North Dakota State, but he's... Interesting uniform sleeper Christian Watson goes from North Dakota State in the orange and maize, and then enters the NFL in the orange. I'm sorry, the green and maize, and then enters the NFL in the heralded green and maize of the Green Bay Packers. Also, big big one here, um, Jahan Dotson. I really wanted the Bills to get Jahan Dotson, but he's down in Washington with the Commanders with Carson Vence, and I think that that kid has some serious star power. But um, there's five quick receivers. Bonus, bonus points for you for sticking around to the end of the second episode. We got camp in the morning. Get some sleep, kids. Got camp in the morning. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.